welcome to this episode of the On the Horizon RC Podcast. I'm your host, Horizon President Chris Dickerson. With me, as always, Marketing Director Steve Petrato. Steve, how you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Chris. The uh, weather is finally turning here in Illinois, as you, I'm sure, are aware. Looking outside today, and uh, I'm excited to get out there this weekend and hopefully do some flying in the backyard or just enjoying some sunlight for once. Yeah, <laughs> it's great. You? It is great that uh, spring is finally here. We had our April showers, and uh, hopefully now we're going to have some May flowers and some May sunshine and warm weather. So yeah, I, I certainly hope to get out this weekend as well. We had a uh, had our uh, Losi Baja Ray and Arma Typhon out the other day, uh, getting a little uh, wheel time in, but I'm with you. It's finally nice weather to get out and really feel like spring has sprung. So hopefully some of the folks here on the podcast are are getting out and enjoying the weather as well, obviously continuing to uh, you know be safe and socially distant, but that's a great thing about our hobby. It's not it's not too hard to uh, enjoy it with others from a distance. So Definitely. good. Hey, I do want to pay you a real quick compliment that I'm sure is going to make you laugh here, but you know, we just got off another call and I don't see you every day now, but I got to give you a compliment on this uh, man beard you're growing, this quarantine beard. <laughs> quarantine beard. Yeah. It's I've done the no shave April instead of November and uh, I'm, I'm probably going to let it ride through May. So I may come out of this looking like a mountain man, but uh, yeah, I've, I've never had it. a chance in 32 years to grow a beard. So I figured, Hey, what the heck? Why not? <laughs> I love it. I, like I said, I don't see you every day now. So when I saw you earlier and I was like, Whoa, my, my young Steve has a man beard. What happened? So, so good stuff, man. Uh, glad you're hanging in there and yeah, hopefully maybe we'll, uh, bump into, we'll not bump into each other, but, uh, see each other from a safe distance uh, yeah. out at Eli sometime here soon. Definitely. Well, yeah. Chris, we got some, uh, ex- some product announcements from uh, spectrum this week. I wanted to run through real cool. quick. Um, so up first, uh, my most exciting and favorite one, we launched our new Spectrum Smart Charger, the S1100. And this one is really cool because we've done some firmware updates. Uh, and so now when you plug in a battery, a smart battery, uh, it, it will automatically recognize that as they normally do. But this one is actually going to auto start. So you don't have to go and click a button. A lot of times I've nice. in the past, I'm sure you've had the same thing. You plug a battery and you just hit, forget to hit start for whatever reason. Right, right. Now you just plug the battery in, put your balance lead in, you walk away and it will auto start and it will pick uh, all the right settings and auto start. So finally we're at wonderful. the point where we don't have to worry about forgetting to charge our batteries. Um, yeah, so that's you're still great gonna, for new people too. I mean, you know, absolutely. again, it's old chargers man you gotta know math i always kind of joke you have to know math to use an, an rc charger this sounds like exactly what everybody needs yeah it'll tell you how much time is left on the charge you know it's going to give you all that plus all that, that lovely spectrum smart tracking of your batteries so really cool nice. announcement there uh, relatively inexpensive as well uh, the next one up is the spectrum smart marine esc so for you boat guys looking to get into uh, our smart technology ecosystem we now have 160 amp fully water-cooled uh, smart esc so uh, that's a, a pretty beefy ESC. Obviously, boats yeah. just require a lot more grunt uh, than our their car brethren. But uh, you know, it's a really nice speed control, fully water cooled. Looks really cool too. If you take a look at it, I'll put the link in the description. Uh, and then lastly, uh, we have the new Spectrum 6245 race servo. Uh, so it's an HV capable 266 ounce inch of torque uh, with a 0.06 transit time, uh, steel gears, aluminum case, and the extension can be removed for. If you want to pull your servo out of your truck, uh, easy peasy, you can do that. You can also extend the servo lead without having to cut it or whatever. You can just get the right size for it. So really cool. Three nice spectrum announcements this week, and I'm sure we'll have more on the next podcast, but that's all. That's going to be it for product announcements. Well, those are really good. And I have to say, you know, that, that S1100, Steve, I've got the 2100 and, and I love it. Uh, the only thing I would say is, yeah, you got to push start. So the 1100 uh, taking that that need away, so that's that's awesome. Yeah. Well, Spectre one thing to bring note there, yeah, one thing to note there, Chris, you not not to worry. If you have a existing smart charger, we will soon have firmware updates uh, oh, for those, so you'll awesome. be in luck. You can uh, and be <laughs> no cost to anybody. This, if you have the charger out there, guys, uh, we'll have a quick. It's a micro USB to your computer, so you don't need some special adapter. Uh, you hook it right up and we'll get the update out there. So as soon as that's available, we'll let everybody know on our Spectrum Facebook pages so you too can have the latest and greatest firmware. Very good. Well, you know, in addition to product announcements, again, we always say it wouldn't be a podcast from Horizon if we didn't talk about cool products. 
Uh, we also have this great campaign that you and the marketing team have been leading for us. Uh, the I support my local hobby shop campaign, and I'm just happy to be part of this. Um, the RC community is so important to everybody. How many of us got our start in RC because we had a great local hobby shop? And uh, there's a lot of them out there. And just like restaurants and all of our other small businesses right now, they need support. And so uh, I think right about now we're starting to get these cool shirts we have in that say, I support my local hobby shop. We've got decals. You can make a donation, all that great stuff. But the, the shirts and the decals ought to be in, I think, probably by the time this podcast goes up. And uh, I just, again, beg the community, you know, invite the community to make sure you're supporting your shops. Um, every, all the proceeds, net proceeds from the I Support My Local Hobby Shop campaign will go to the Horizon Partner Shops. More importantly, if you want to support your local shop and make sure it's there when we get out of this crazy time, uh, give them a call. A ton of them are doing curbside service. Some of them, Steve, will even deliver your RC stuff to your house. How cool is uh, that? If if you need it. I mean, talk about service. With, don't waste your no money on prime pizza. Yeah, and you don't have to have a Prime subscription. Yeah, and no Prime subscription. So, you know, get out there, uh, order some stuff from your local hobby shop. Get back into the hobby. If you're sitting around the house looking for something to do, get out. Uh, call your local hobby shop. They can help you get that car running again. They can tell you what's cool in airplanes that you need to buy, but make sure to support them so that they're here uh, to take care of you and your local community when we get through all this craziness. They're doing a great job in pretty crazy times. Definitely. Yeah, that's an exciting campaign to be a part of. I'm glad so many folks have donated and bought a shirt already. I know I picked up a shirt the first day we went live with it. Uh, And don't forget, we also have uh, the auctions going live. So if you go to the the Horizon website, if if you go to our homepage, uh, right on the bottom of what we call the quilt, uh, the front of the homepage is a I support my local hobby shop button. And you'll click that. And then if you scroll down a little bit, you'll see support hobby shops auction. And that'll jump you to an auctions page. And uh, there's some really cool stuff on there, guys. There's a autographed uh, grave digger by the Andersons. Uh, there's a the one of 2003 mini t2.0s on there oh, nice. uh, i mean that's that's the one of one that we didn't make two we made one of one of 2003 there's there's only one out there uh so it's really a, a quality piece and that stuff's starting to get some really cool bids on it and again all that's going to go uh straight to the pile so definitely check that out guys um, the other thing I wanted to, to mention, and I know many of you have already tuned in and we appreciate all the, the support and the excitement that you guys have brought is all of our live shows uh, that we've started to put on uh, online on Facebook and YouTube. I just wanted to kind of remind folks if you're out there and you're and you're listening to the podcast and you just want some more content to uh, enjoy with RC, we do have uh, what we call Real Flight Live every Friday evening. Uh, we do them at 5 p.m. Central, uh, so 6 p.m. Eastern, and uh, we've had folks like Jay Stucia, Juan Pablo Montoya, uh, we've had Adam Anderson from Gravedigger. Uh, it was last week, and this week we're going to have Jim T. Graham on. So we've just been trying to get all different folks throughout the industry, celebrities and legends, kind of like what we do on the podcast, but bringing them to real flight and flying live for you guys on Facebook. So please be sure to tune in uh, with that every Friday. And then we also have every Friday now a Horizon Air Hangout, which we've been starting with the uh, the brand guys. So Jason and Cody have been doing some really neat uh, live just chats. They had the RC sailors on last week. Um, so they're, they're just trying to get out there and talk through and they're taking your questions and talking through how to do, you know, repairs or how to do takeoff and landings or how to do pick your, pick your next airplane, just really good content out there. And then, um, you know, of course, Chris, you know, I'm on the air side, but the surface guys are doing a quite a bit too. You got Arma, TLR, Axial, all doing their fair share of live shows, just trying to engage. And I know the TLR guys sometimes are on for like three hours straight, but they never, <laughs> yeah. they never yes. seem to not have something to talk about. Uh, so if you're interested in just hanging out and cracking a cold one with the TLR guys, you can sit back at your computer and watch those guys chat. So uh, yeah, it, is cool. a, it is a great opportunity again, whether you're on the air side or the surface side, it is a great opportunity for you to engage with the horizon team uh, you know, we've got the, the, the team members, we've got the product designers and engineers uh, that you get to talk directly to. You can ask them any question you want. What's Frank Root's setup uh, from, you know, OCRC? Uh, you can talk to Todd Hodge and Gil Lucy Jr. were on last week, I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's just great. And, you know, 
uh, Steve, we're, we're kind of looking at normally we'd be have already started our uh, outdoor event season. Right. And oh, yeah. uh, so a lot of what you guys are doing and I love it. Thank you for uh, keeping the, the community alive online um, because we would all love to be out at the field and the track right now. Uh, we're not able to just yet. Uh, you know, I saw just recently, unfortunately, Oshkosh got canceled for this yeah. year. Uh, that's our big event for us every summer. So we're disappointed in that. Um, I do want to make sure everybody knows we will have updates. We are trying everything we can do to make sure our signature events happen this summer. RC Fest, we had two Axial Fest, one in California and one in Indiana planned, and of course, Air Meet. Uh, we're doing everything we can to try to, to to make those events happen. We're not sure if we're going to be able to do everything. We may have to be flexible with dates and some things. Um, and we expect to have some updates to everybody that first full week in May. So if you can just hang tight, I'm sure Steve and the team, Andy Ziegler, who a lot of you all know, uh, will have an update of what we're going to be doing this summer with our signature events. But uh, just like all of you, we're excited to make these things happen too and don't want to have to cancel them. But like with Oshkosh, it's just tough right now. And a lot of it depends on what the states are going to let us do uh, based on where those events are held in countries for air meet. Um, so we're trying to work through all that. We'll have an update soon. And I think with that, Steve, we have a great guest this week. Um, he is really one of the, the young talents in our industry. So I say we bring him in and let's get this uh, podcast started. All right. Sounds good, Chris. Let's do it. I am excited to introduce today's guest. He is a three-time XFC champion, a two-time Clover Creek freestyle champion, and he has so many other accomplishments, it'd probably take the rest of the podcast just to get through them all. So we're going to let him talk a little bit about it. Uh, he's also, I'm proud to say, a current Team Horizon pilot. Steve, we are really extremely excited this week to talk to the very busy Mr. Jace, the ace, Ducia. For those who may not know Jace, if there's anybody out there who doesn't already know him, Jace is an incredible 20-year-old. He's been flying since he was five and competing since he was 10 years old. Uh, if you don't know who he is, go out to YouTube as soon as this interview is over. Check out some of his flying. It's going to make you hold your breath even watching it online. Uh, Jace now spends much of his time traveling to contests, shows, expositions, RC Fest. Uh, around the world as a great ambassador to how cool and uh, just adrenaline-filled RC flight can be. Jace, welcome to the show. Thank you for taking uh, time away from flying to chat with us and telling us a little bit about your RC story. Um, how are you holding up here? Are you, uh, where's home today? And are you are you actually home a little bit now or is are you still traveling uh, in these crazy times? Well, first off, thanks for having me on. Um, it's great to talk with you guys. Um, fortunately, today the, the weather is really nice outside, uh, so I think spring's starting to show up here in Michigan. But yeah, unfortunately, you know, a few things have been canceled, like Joe and all and such. But um, we're still able to get out to uh, the flying field every now and then, and uh, we'll see some local friends here and there. Um, but you know, still, fortunately, we're hoping to. Uh, get together with uh, some of our other friends in the U.S. later this summer, maybe at some other events. Um, but at the same time, it's cool to see, uh, like you get on Facebook and other social media groups, it's cool to see uh, what people are doing and in, in, in this sort of situation and still being involved with the RC stuff. Yeah, it's kind of amazing. I mean, it, it is like a lot of the uh, RC world has moved online. And, and I think we'll talk a little bit about that more so, but it, it's, it is kind of reassuring to see. Um, and I think a lot of people maybe that weren't into the hobby prior to this, you know, maybe have a little downtime right now. And, you know, they're, yeah, exactly. they're remembering how, how cool this hobby is and how much fun it can be. And if they go watch any of your videos, they're going to be inspired to go out um, and, and fly. Uh, not that they're going to be able to do some of the things you do, uh, but it still makes you want to go out and fly because just to, to see what is possible is awesome. So, uh, yeah, well, hopefully we will get out uh, back together sometime here later this summer. And you're right. Uh, with Steve and I both being in Illinois, 
It is nice that the sun is finally shining. We're getting up into the 70s a little bit. Uh, it's spring, so it's awesome. Yeah, heck yeah. <clears throat> yep, and, uh, you know, I like how you mentioned the videos. That's one thing that uh, we're going to continue to try to do um, throughout, you know, the spring and summertime. That's something that we can get out to the field and do. And uh, that's really, like you mentioned, a big, big part of it is to help inspire other people. and. You know, not only to promote the products that are featured in the video, like the airplanes and radio equipment and all that, but, um, you know, it's just cool to see some of the comments that, you know, it inspires the people to uh, continue to to progress in the hobby. And, and even those that um, get into the hobby uh, from watching the videos, it's it's really cool too. You know, it's not just uh, all about the, the business side and and the uh, the product side, the inspiration has a lot to do with it too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's really cool. So yeah, please, again, one more plug there. Go out and check out the videos. It, it's it's really cool. So thank you. So Jace, um, before we get into a little of your background, let's kick off with, with a quick question on what was it like uh, for you kind of the first time flying RC airplane were were you a natural were you uh not looking forward to it was it nerve-wracking what was it like for you for those guys out there that are starting the hobby you know talking to someone like yourself obviously they're not going to be at that level of skill but you started somewhere too let's talk a little bit about that and then let's jump into your background on RC well for me I think it kind of had a little bit of everything It, it had a lot of excitement uh a lot of enjoyment and uh it was also really nerve wracking at the beginning. Uh, I remember, you know, I kind of grew up around RC. Uh, my dad started flying even before I was born. So um, ever since I can remember, I, I remember seeing the airplanes flying and being out of the field and watching them work on them and things. But it kind of took a while uh, before I had the interest to actually um, start flying them. And I think I was five or six years old. I think I was five years old when I uh got real flight for the first time and when i got real flight it wasn't really as a goal to uh learn how to fly rc i just kind of at that time i remember thinking i just liked real flight itself and like to mess around and with the airplanes and things so um <clears throat> once i got to the point to where i could fly those airplanes on real flight um my dad suggested that you know, I tried at the field, and uh, that's when most of the uh, nerve-wracking experiences were for me. It kind of took a while for me to get the confidence to fly a actual RC plane as opposed to being on the simulator. So, um, fortunately, uh, that time there were some airplanes available, uh, some some foam planes that uh, were a little more affordable as there are today. Uh, there's a lot better developments today as opposed to back then but uh, i think that's what really helped me is learning on airplanes that you know weren't really much of an investment and uh got my confidence up there and another thing too is a lot of those foam airplanes are are pretty tough so they can take the hard landings and you know the occasional mistakes that happen and you don't have to uh uh invest in repairs as often so I think that's one thing that that helped for me, and uh, eventually I uh, moved up to flying some of the uh, bigger glow and gas airplanes of the time. But um, you know, it was something that I even before I started actually flying, I would go to some local fly-ins with my dad, and I think uh, I kind of had a a passion for the hobby itself before I did um, actually have an interest in flying, which was kind of interesting for me. I I remember being really young and I just wanted to go to the field and go to the events and stuff and not worry about flying. I wanted to learn about the airplanes and meet new people and things. And uh, I think that's, that's kind of what's cool about the hobby is, you know, whether you fly or not, there's a lot of involvement you can have in it. Um, you know, you'll see a lot of guys that go out to the field and they might not fly much, but it's more of a social gathering and that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, Jace, yeah. how, how do you, uh, but so you started when you're five, I, I understand you started competing when you were like 10. So 
obviously, and you're right, the, the community aspect of the hobby is, is so cool and it's so welcoming and, um, you know, just a, a great community to be part of. But h- how do you get to the point at 10 years old where you're good enough to compete? And where does it go from being kind of a social thing where you just want to go hang out at the field and meet meet people to uh, you're going to compete? And and I mean, you're again, watch, watching you fly. I mean, it's, you know, I, uh, Steve and I both ride motorcycles. and You just get this feeling when you ride a motorcycle. I get that same feeling when I watch you fly an airplane. I'm not even you. I'm just watching you. I mean, how does it go from a five-year-old social thing to 10 years old and now you're 20 being, you know, where you're at? How's, how's that transgression go through? Well, for me, I think, um, you know, I kind of got to owe it to the guys that I would see fly aerobatics and 3D on YouTube and stuff. And uh, I always thought it was really cool. And, um, I mean, we saw, I remember, we uh, an ad in the model aviation magazine and for the XFC and I was eight years old and, uh, we went and watched the XFC as spectators. And that, that was another, uh, that weekend watching the XFC was, was a big, um, turning point of, um, an interest I wanted to have, you know, I, I saw those guys flying and I thought, man, it'd be really cool to, uh, you know, maybe, maybe do that someday. So, I'd go home and uh, mess around with the flight simulator and try to learn some of those things. So uh, I think at that age, a uh, big thing was just being inspired from some of those guys that compete in freestyle and aerobatics and, and watching 3D videos on YouTube. And um, I mean, if it wasn't for that, I, I probably would never really get the interest in, in competing, um, especially at that young age. It was just a big inspiration thing. And and I'd really look up to those guys as I still do today, honestly. So, um, yeah, at that age, I think, uh, like I said, it's just a matter of really being inspired by some of those guys. That's pretty cool, man. I I, I know uh, there's there's been a, quite a few uh, pilots in the industry over the years, but um, you know they always stick with someone somewhere that that's who they look up to. So it's kind of cool. Uh, you know, to always have a, have an idol, no matter where you get into any hobby or any part of your life, you know, you got to have someone to look up to. For sure. Um, yeah. When, when you, uh, when you were at RC Fest last year, you had an interview with Jim T about how often you use real flight. And I know you just mentioned it. Um, but you know, can you tell the audience a little bit more about your history with, you know, how that sim keeps you sharp? Uh, not, not as like a product <laughs> promotional aspect, but more of a, how you use it to become and stay where you at? Uh, where you're at as far as your skill level? Yeah, you know, I think uh, a big thing with a simulator is, um, you know, the the airplane setup is it's really hard to mimic uh, fully the the actual RC airplane, especially when it comes to the aerobatic and 3D stuff. There's a lot of variables, but um, you know, it's it's really close nowadays. Um, and it really helps for me. The number one thing is the, the muscle memory and, and just getting the, the feel for flying something that's, you know, really similar to the actual airplane. Um, because, you know, as, as you guys both know, um, you know, here in Michigan and in this region in the U S it's, it's kind of hard, um, you know, half the year in the winter time to get out and, and fly some of the bigger stuff. And, and stay in tune with it. So, um, I really spend a lot of time on the flight simulator in the winter mostly, but in the summertime too, uh, for example, if there's like a competition coming up or something and I'm trying to get to get together a new freestyle routine, I'll use the simulator as a starting point. So really whether it's just, uh, from the point of, you know, staying in tune with flying or, um, do an actual practice. Uh, I kind of use the simulator for everything, and um, you know, learning new maneuvers obviously is a is a big, um, big thing for the simulator is a helpful tool, um, because it's you can you can learn the inputs on the simulator, um, <clears throat> and like I said, nowadays the the airplanes are really advanced in the editing programs and everything. And, 
Um, I, I remember the the real flight G three was my first real flight, and uh, and back then it was it's crazy how far the advancements have came um, mm-hmm. f- from the flight editing and and the uh, the weather and the airports and that sort of thing. So <clears throat> yeah, I used real flight quite a bit. Um, you know, a lot of guys um, they kind of steer away from it just because it's not exactly like the real plane, but um, it's definitely far, far better than having nothing. And, and in my opinion, it's actually pretty darn close to the actual airplane. And, uh, like I said, it's, it's crazy how far it's come, you know, from real flight G3 all the way up to the nine. Now it's, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. And you've, you've spent a lot of time tuning the specific airplane that you fly and that's also available for everyone else to download on the real flight, no, the knife edge studio site, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think the, uh, the, the current airplane I'm using, it's a variant from an extra 330SC. So uh, I think if you go to the Knife Edge Swap Pages site and uh, search in probably like extra 330SC Jace or something like that, it'll come up. But uh, there is a link to it. I posted it around a few places on RC groups and Facebook too. But um, yeah, that's the current airplane I've been flying. and. Um, there's a few other really good edits out there too. Um, and, uh, it's really cool because I think, I think now even, you know, with, with everything going on, the situation that we're in, I think a lot of people are spending time on real flight and, and doing a lot of the edits and things. So, uh, I think at this point in time, currently pretty much get on the knife edge swap pages and there'll be a new upload like every day. So new color scheme, new, even new airports and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty cool to see the community at large for Real Flight just constantly evolving that game, whether it's, like you said, airplanes or airports or otherwise. It's really super cool. I know myself, uh, I started with Real Flight when I was uh, you know, thir- uh, 13 or 14 on Real Flight G3.5, I think, when I worked for a hobby town. And, you know, it was, uh, it was, that's how I taught myself to fly. So you can find countless number of people out there that have kind of had a similar story where they've used it to not only grow their skills, but to, you know, to advance to a level that they never thought possible before. So yeah, it's super cool sure. to see someone like yourself that's also kind of taken that same approach. And uh, yeah, I'll put the link for your airplane in the description so folks can find it on uh, on their podcast site. Awesome. So we'll be, make sure they can get get a hold of that as well. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Jace, I have to ask. I mean, again, I was you know looking out at, at your YouTube page, you know, before our our call today, and and watch a lot of your videos. You know, I mentioned at the beginning, you travel all over the world to show off your skills and to be an ambassador for this cool hobby. Um, and, you know, again, just scrolling through, I see, you know, you, you've been to some of the, obviously the great destinations in the U.S., but, you know, one of your top videos here on your page is you in Dubai. So, I mean, you are literally traveling the world. And uh, I just have to ask, what are, what's your very favorite plate? Uh, place to fly or what's the most unique place uh you know if you could go anywhere and fly today uh where would it be jace oh man that's a hard one um i mean there's so many great flying locations and uh countries and and places that that we've been fortunate to travel to um that dubai one was probably the most uh recent international trip we had and, uh, you know, the, the people over there are just really amazing. You know, they, I mean, you go over there and I mean, it's apparent that, uh, you know, they've worked hard and, and being able to acquire the, some of the things they have. I mean, the culture over there is, um, very, very open and, and, uh, very, very respectful of pretty much all the visitors they have and, um, you know, the buildings and, everything you see over there is, is really impressive and the culture is awesome. Um, you know, it's really cool to go over there. Um, I usually, a few times that I've been there have been for the national day holiday event, which is in December. So it'd be our winter time, um, which is their winter too, but it's, you know, like our summertime over there, you know, because it gets really hot in like June, July. So, um, Probably wouldn't want to go over there in June or July. <laughs> um, but, you know, some other cool places, um, you know, China has been 
that was a really good trip. Um, you know, a lot of nice people over there. And that one was really cool because we got to uh, take a couple tours of some RC factories there. Um, it, like Extreme Flight uh, was one we spent some time at. And uh, that was pretty cool to see. Um, and uh, we spent some time in Hong Kong, too, which was a lot of fun. And uh, the RC, the RC community in China is, you know, really, really big. And um, we were actually over there for a uh, aerobatic contest. They had some freestyle competition with some IMAX stuff in there too, and it was really cool to see the interest in that and the uh, the the number of pilots that showed up to that. Um, and uh, Brazil is another awesome place, you know, that passion for the hobby there is, is wild, you know, the uh, ton of people that show up to the field, it's a whole family thing, uh, you see a whole bunch of kids and uh, th their parents out there at the field, you know, watching at the event, it's really cool to see, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's nice. just a ton of places that, that have been really awesome, it's really cool to see the different cultures and, and how they uh, enjoy the hobby as well. Yeah, it is really cool in some of these other countries, even like in Germany at Airmeet, you know, um, and you mentioned Brazil and uh, China for sure. Some of these places, I mean, it is a family event. You're absolutely right. I mean, they come and it's, you know, it's, it's a, a big deal to them. And, and it's kind of funny because I think sometimes in America, you know, we kind of have short attention spans. So if we're not, uh, if we're not doing something, you know, we, we tend to get bored, but it's amazing just how big of a deal some of these things are. And uh, I, I think like Dubai, I, I think they love big toys in Dubai. Cause I remember a yeah, couple years sure. ago they had a, a the low C five T, you know, huge fifth scale gas powered car, probably, you know, kind of the equivalent of what you fly. Um, and, and they had a big event with the low C five T there a couple years ago. So I think Dubai, they must just love big RC toys. So, um, it's, yeah, it I is, mean, you can go out to the, the club field at, in Dubai and Abu Dhabi just on a normal afternoon and you'll see a ton of, you know, huge jets and, you know, some, <laughs> some pretty, pretty big airplanes and, and, uh, you know, it's really cool, uh, to see that sort of thing. They're really, really passionate about it. And, uh, you know, in Dubai, they're always, um, trying to, you know, keep up with the, the newest equipment and everything. So, um, I mean, it's really cool from a business side too, um, to, you know, work with some of those guys who are interested in the hobby and, and, uh, seeing what they like and in, in products and that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, no, that is cool. And it's amazing too. Again, I keep, I keep reminding myself you're 20 years old and you've been to all these amazing places. I mean, it, it really is. If there's any young people listening to this or again, watching your YouTube videos, um, it is a great community to join, but I mean, what, what an amazing experience you've already had here, um, at, at 20 years old, which, uh, you know, is still pretty young in my book, Jace, you've, you've got a, you're not exactly an old man yet. So you've got a lot of, uh, experience still ahead of you. This is awesome. Yeah. It's been, been awesome to meet everyone and, uh, you know, continue to learn about the hobby and everything. And, um, yeah, it's been awesome and can't wait to continue to do it. That's for sure. Yeah, you've uh, you've recently kind of kicked off uh, an entrepreneurial uh, side of you as well. You have your uh, your JTA Innovations. Can you want to tell us a little bit more about that journey that you've taken? Yeah, for sure. Actually, uh, today, May 1st, marks one year of uh, being oh, open for business. So, um, yeah, JTA Innovations. Uh, the JTA stands for Jace the Ace. So, um, uh, right now we're, we've been developing some, um, 3d and aerobatic foamies. Um, right now the lineup consists of six millimeter EPP foamies and, uh, really it's just, uh, you know, designed for both the outdoor backyard flyer type who, uh, wants to learn 3d and, uh, you know, aerobatic flying and not have to worry about, you know, spending a lot of money or, um, you know, worry about getting a bigger airplane and that sort of thing. And, and also the planes work well for, you know, the guys who are experienced 3d pilots or indoor flyers too. You know, I like in the winter time, I'll, I'll take, um, 
some of the JTA airplanes and go to some of the local indoor fly-ins and, you know, I'll have a lot of fun with them. And at the same time, in the summertime, I'll uh, take one out in the backyard and fly it around. And uh, they really fit both purposes really well. And uh, we've been fortunate to um, uh, stock some uh, propellers and and motors and uh, speed controllers as well. So uh, uh, we're working on, you know, making a lot of different things available. And um, it's been really cool to... uh, to do that sort of thing, it's something, you know, I've always thought about doing, whether it be foamies or another type of airplane, but, um, you know, the foamy thing, it's, um, you know, it's a good, it's not a huge investment compared to, you know, the giant scale airplanes as far as development goes, but at the same time, the, the reward is definitely there when, uh, you know, you get online and you see people having fun with them and everything. And, um, it's really cool to uh, to see some of the ideas that I've had, you know, just pop up randomly, turn into, you know, something like that. And um, it's really cool to work with some of my friends and and really good uh, pilots and in, in development too. We we have some really good pilots that have been doing some testing, and um, you know, it's just really cool to to work with everyone on that. And uh, uh, just really fortunate, I've been able to have my parents support in this too so yeah it's been a lot of fun and and the last year has gone by really quick that's for sure and looking forward to more years to come yeah that's super cool i know the the epp stuff is uh has always intrigued me from a just a flat foamy side you can definitely build them uh, with lighter materials but you can't crash the lighter stuff as much so right with these you know you can actually <laughs> doink them here and there and glue them back together and they're good to go what's uh what's sort of like the best-selling one that you guys have is it the mxs or is it um, just a mixture? The, the mxs is definitely the newest offering um right now the best seller is probably the game bird uh based off the gb1 full-scale aerobatic airplane mm-hmm. um that one was released last june i believe uh so it's been around for a little while most of the most of the time that we've been open it's been around so that's still the best seller but the mxs is definitely uh, catching up that's another really popular one i think that one first went into stock over the winter so um but yeah they're yeah you know they they all fly a little bit different but at the same time they uh they all take the same uh, power setup and everything too so um you know that it's cool to have some some options like that and uh we're working uh working on some new airplanes of course that should be announced this summer sometime soon very cool awesome yeah that's that's great i mean you know obviously right now jason nobody's out at the flying field and 2020 started off a lot different than i think most of us thought it was going to um, but what sort of trends are you seeing, you know, more broadly in the RC industry? What do you see people really getting excited about, you know, at the local clubs or, or wherever? Yeah. Um, you know, the, you know, it's really cool. The, the 3d stuff, the giant scale 3d stuff's obviously still really popular. Um, I think another thing is some of the smaller 3d airplanes, whether that be some, some foamy stuff or, um, some of the uh some of the balsa smaller electric like 4s 3s 3d airplanes that's really cool and another thing too um you know we've been flying that uh timber x around a little bit and uh, that's you, you see those around quite a bit that sort of thing it's kind of like an airplane that that can do a little bit of everything whether it be you know just normal flying around or um 3d so been to a lot of events and in local places and i've seen that airplane kind of be flown by a lot of different uh groups of flyers so uh i think i think right now you know people really enjoy um that sort of thing especially the horizon line and e-flight line of some of those foam airplanes that you get and uh you know only takes you know maybe an hour or two at the max to you know get in the air that's something really cool and you see those a lot 
Yeah, it's it's kind of nice too because uh, I started to say I don't I, I'm not a, an expert pilot, but I feel even bad saying that, Steve, when I'm talking to Jace. I have to I have to say <laughs> that it's like, uh, but I love the timber because it's it's pretty forgiving and you can actually relax and fly it. But it's also you know it'll it'll move a little bit if you want to, and you can kind of be a little more aggressive with it. So I like that it's it's got a pretty wide envelope, I guess you'd say, in you know how you fly it. Yeah, for sure. It's it's really impressive how capable it can be, you know, for for a high wing airplane like that. And yeah. a lot of the a lot of the tendencies of a high wing airplane aren't really there. You know, even some of the um, not all of them, but some of the other high wing 3D airplanes that I've flown. You know, they they'll have some weird tendencies, but right. Uh, I've noticed the Timber X is is really good at that. I mean, even snap rolls and, and tumbles and stuff. It, it's really impressive what that thing can do. And, you know, sometimes I'll fly it in the front yard and just, you know, have flaps down and just cruise around a little bit with it, that sort of thing. So it's a fun airplane for sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, changing uh, gears a little bit here, you know, I, I have to ask, this is the question I've been waiting to ask you the entire interview. You know, at RC Fest, Steve talked about you being there last year, and I've seen you fly it a couple times now. But one of the highlights of RC Fest to me is, I mean, you're the star of the performance with this night show that you do. And uh, I mean, first of all, just to see you fly during the day is amazing. But it's like, oh, well, that's not challenging enough. Let's wait until it's completely pitch black out. <laughs> I don't even know how bright your airplane is or how many lights you have on it. Um, but it's just an amazing thing to see you uh, fly that. But I mean, how do you get to that level that you're going, you know, this is challenging, but I think I'm going to figure out how to do it at night. I mean, what does it really take to get to that level of performance? You know, it, it um, you know, I, you know, I have talked to a lot of people who watch the, the night flying and, um, you know, they'll see the flight and everything and, and they'll say, you know, it's kind of hard to keep up with, but, you know, at the same time, like I'll watch other people night fly and, you know, I, I'll kind of feel the same way. You know, what's kind of weird about night flying is when you're the one flying, it's it's not really, you know, that challenging is what it may look. Um, but at the same time, it does take some getting some getting used to. I think the first couple flights of night flying a giant scale airplane um, were, you know, kind of different as far as the orientation and things go and getting used to the lights and everything. But after that, it was, um, it was really, you know, really easy. And I've had a few different airplanes with, with light setups on it. And, uh, yeah, the color scheme and the colors of the airplane will make a difference. But, you know, once you've done it a few times, it's not too bad. But um, for the giant scale stuff, we run uh, what's called an Aurora RC kit uh, from Aurora RC. And um, it basically has... Um, each wingtip has um, two lights mounted on it, one on top and one on the bottom um, together, joined together from with carbon fiber. And uh, on the tail, it's the same thing. So four total or uh, four total lights for the wings and then four more for the for the tail of the airplane, but uh, four total mounts. So two lights per mount. And, um, it really, it really works really well. We've, uh, most of the night flying we've done with the giant scale stuff has been with the 120 CC, 35% planes. Um, but at the same time, they, they have a lot of different size kits available. I think they even have a bigger kit available if I'm not mistaken for some even bigger airplanes. And then they have some stuff available all the way down to foamies and stuff. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, a lot of people like the night flying, you know, we've been fortunate to participate um, at Air Venture in Oshkosh wow. doing some night flying. And um, that was kind of, you know, they uh, saw the night flying and that's kind of what uh, brought RC to that event was the night flying. So that was pretty oh, cool. Very cool. Yeah, very and, cool. Um, you know, everyone... You know, when you have the smoke and the lights and stuff, it's it's, it's pretty darn cool. And we'll go, we'll go to some events and they'll have some fireworks and stuff that we'll fly with. And it's just a really cool thing at the, 
you know, the end of the day at a, you know, RC event and, uh, you know, everyone sticks around and watches the night flying. It's, it's a good way to cap off the day for sure. Absolutely. I have to say though, Jace, you are way too humble, uh, because to hear you use the word easy, uh, in that again, when, when we're, when you're done listening to this podcast, everybody go out to YouTube, type in Jace Ducey, a night flight. There's some great videos out there. And when you're done watching it, I promise you won't think easy. Uh, so you, it, it clearly is a testament to your skill, the amount of time and effort you put into this. Um, and again, I, I just remembered RC Fest. And again, we're, we're in central Illinois. So on the other side of our flying field, uh, it's corn. And I just remember you were flying literally, you know, it looked like two inches above, you know, the corn row uh, at, at RC Fest, you know, last time. And I just, like I said, I was, I was nervous for you um, and had that adrenaline feeling uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. And, and it is a great way to cap off an event. It's awesome that you were able to go to Oshkosh. I mean, that is, again, for people who may not know the, the experimental aircraft association Oshkosh event, it's the biggest air event in the world, I think. Um, so for you to be able to fly on that stage in front of everybody, that's, that's cool. That's really, yeah, cool. for sure. Yeah. That was awesome. Even uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we, we were even able to fly off the main air show runway at night during the their oh, big wow. night air show. Uh, <laughs> and that, that was really cool. Um, you know, it was, it was crazy. We had, um, two giant scale airplanes and then, um, another guy flying a helicopter and, um, we were both or all three of us were flying, uh, on the same runway and, you know, the, the airspace and the, the flight box there, it was it's still hard to take up even with two giant scale airplanes and, and one helicopter. And we were, um, so far off from the crowd. It was, it was a little different, but at the same time, it was really cool. Yeah. When they're landing C5 galaxies on that runway, and you're right. flying right. 120 inch wingspan airplane, it's dwarfs in comparison. Yeah. Yeah. Plenty of room. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's Somebody- awesome. What are you working on this year? Uh, obviously, I haven't been out to get to fly a whole lot, but I'm sure you are still flying. What are you working on as far as your 2020 flight performances or stuff that you could talk about? And maybe if you're not keeping it top secret, <laughs> what yeah. are you working on? Uh, you know, we're uh, you know just getting out and uh, you know flying some newer airplanes, and we got some uh, some maidens and stuff to do. So getting some mm-hmm. stuff dialed in, and you know, hopefully some events um you know we'll we'll start to pop up here and there coming up soon um but actually one of the things that i think we're gonna you know start gearing towards is um in clover at clover creek aerodrome in tennessee they announced the invitational freestyle contest for this year on labor day weekend so um so hopefully you know that um that continues to to pan out and uh that should be a lot of fun a really good list of pilots uh that are going to show up both from here in the u.s and hopefully some of the international guys will be able to make it too uh that one's in the beginning of september so um it's a little ways off from now but um yeah we'll probably you know start uh getting ready for that fairly soon very cool. Yeah, that should be that should be quite a pretty sweet event if it's invitational only. Hopefully yeah. they uh, they live stream that out so people can watch that. That ought to be quite For the spectacle, sure. I'm sure. Another cool thing about that event, and they implemented it for the first time last year, is uh, they have some some TOC pilots uh, from the TOC days that are coming back and going to participate in oh, that. Cool. And uh, awesome. yeah, it's really cool to to see some of those names and, and meet some of the go- those guys too. You know, a lot of those guys I've watched videos of or uh, seen them online and that sort of thing. And uh, it was really cool to go there last year and, and meet some of them for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, those guys have been in the hobby for a while and have definitely taught a lot of us uh, certain certain things about the hobby and the early days of aerobatics for sure. I know – uh, I talked to Goldsmith about his TOC days quite often, so <laughs> it's sure. definitely a uh, definitely yeah. a cool time in the industry. Yeah, yeah that's ask, awesome. I have to ask, Jace. I mean, who who are some of those people that kind of inspired you when you were coming up? <laughs> the 
the YouTube videos you may have seen or folks that, you know, you, you went to the early events and really looked up to who, who are some of those people? What was it about them that really inspired you? Uh, I mean, there's, there's so many different, different people that, um, that have inspired me. Um, I guess on the topic of the TOC, um, you know, guys like Christophe Paysant LaRue is one big one. Um, big inspiration for me is, is freestyle that, that he flew at, uh, the TOC and Tucson aerobatic shootout. I always really liked and, um, obviously Kike is another one. I think he's pretty much inspired everyone out there that it's flown in aerobatic airplanes. So, um, that's a big name in the hobby for sure. Absolutely. Uh, sl- slightly more recently, um, you know, guys like, uh, Andrew Jeske and Jason Knoll, Mark Leesberg, um, even Ido Segev. Um, you know, I got to, got to meet Ido back at XFC in 2009. And, uh, you know, he was, you know, obviously a really good pilot. Um, that was back when he was living in Israel, I believe at the time. And, um, you know, I'd seen videos and everything of him, but one of the biggest things with him that inspired me was, you know, when I was nine years old, you know, we were walking around at XFC and, um, you know, he, you know, gave the time to talk to me a little bit and gave me his autograph and, and, uh, it was really cool. Um, that's something that kind of stuck with me a little bit, um, was that year at XFC. And then eventually just a couple of years ago, got to spend some time with him in China. And we talked about that time at XFC and that was pretty cool. Um, some other guys, uh, a little more recently, uh, Daniel Holman is another big one because, you know, not only has he inspired me with his flying, but, um, he's been a really good friend of mine and, you know, I've learned a lot from him just from spending time and talking with him. And, uh, I mean, there's so many pilots out there that, you know, have, you know, I've been fortunate, uh, to become really good friends with too. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's really cool. And even to this day, all those guys still are a big inspiration. That's great. I guess then on the other side of this, you know, Jace, what, what motivates you to continue to develop, to continue to, to fly as great as you do and compete? Um, well, you know, and, you know, staying on the same topic a little bit, um, you know, I always think about, you know, um, how much I'd like to continue to see some of those guys fly, you know, and a lot of them still do. So, um, you know, I think, you know, it's pretty cool to see that a lot of people, uh, want to continue to see me, you know, fly and go to the events and compete and post videos and things. And, you know, even aside from that, it's really, for me, it's, it's not too challenging to find, uh, the motivation for me to continue to do it just because it's something that I enjoy so much and definitely a big passion for me. So, uh, the motivation is definitely, definitely easy to find. And, uh, you know, even with the, you know, back to real flight and the sim- simulator flying, even at this point in time, you know, it's not like it's something that, um, you know, I set aside time to do or, um, have to find time to practice, you know, I'll be sitting at home and thinking, you know, I really, you know, I want to get on the simulator and fly a little bit, you know, if, I can't get out to the field, that sort of thing. Um, so there's there's a lot of different ways of motivation for me, but um, you know, biggest two biggest things I, I'd say probably one definitely you know just natural motivation, just because it's a big passion for me, and then secondly probably um, you know trying to continue to be an inspiration for uh, for some up and coming pilots as well that's that's great yeah it's great to hear that yeah just that continued uh fire and passion to to get out there and fly i love even yeah if you can't get out to the field you have to get your fix with a real flight that's awesome so (laughs) good good stuff jace do you uh i mean obviously you're into the the airplane side is there any part of the rc hobby you also you know, tinker around with in the off time or are you into surface stuff or just other types of airplanes? I know you had done some jet stuff recently. Uh, what, 
what sort of strikes your fancy when you're not flying aerobatics? Yeah, well, uh, my dad and I, we actually have a uh, an E-Revo car that um, we'll mess Ooh. around with a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. <laughs> and that's, uh, um, you know, that's... Um, it's not really, you know, we're definitely not into it as big as the airplane stuff, but, you know, it's something kind of cool to mess around with. It, it's RC related, but, um, you know, the, the biggest thing for me, I, I really like the airplanes. And um, like you said, I've flown some jets a little bit, and that's a lot of fun too. Different, just something a little different. The feel of the airplane's a little different. Um, the maneuvers are a little different, that sort of thing. The, the setups are different. It's cool to learn about some different setups as far as that goes. And, um, but, uh, I really have, really haven't ever tried helicopters, just something that, um, I don't know. I've always thought about it, but, um, I always thought it probably wouldn't be a good idea because whenever I'm flying a helicopter on real flight, I always end up crashing behind the pit. So <laughs> probably wouldn't be a good idea for me to fly a helicopter in real life. <laughs> <laughs> you might be a little more cautious in real life, but yeah. <laughs> who knows? But it is an entirely different challenge. That's for sure. When it comes to yeah. helis. And I do find that even though some of the maneuvers, the sticks are similar, it's you'll oftentimes when you fly helis for a while and then you start flying inverted on airplanes, you start lowering throttle for no reason because <laughs> yeah. you're normally using negative collective. So I find that that's a, that's a weird habit to break once you kind of get down that path. So for you, it'd probably be wise to avoid it unless you're just messing around on the simulator. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's impressive to see some of those guys that, you know, are really good at airplanes and helicopters too. That's really cool. Uh, yeah. You know, there, there's some guys out there that have even competed at XFC in both classes at the same time. Wow. And, wow. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's uh it's pretty pretty cool to see that. Um but yeah, that's that's about it. I think the the airplane stuff is is definitely uh my main passion and uh uh but who knows? I've another thing that I've always thought was kind of cool is some some pylon racing. I thought that'd be kind of cool to try out. Um, oh yeah. I don't know. We'll see what happens in the future. <laughs> well, uh, you have to go out west to get some really good pylon action that's for sure yeah. those guys are there, crazy yeah super exactly. fast so uh what let's move on to the other questions what advice do you have for like a, a new guy getting started not just into into rc but just kind of who wants to take a similar path who wants to get into aerobatics in a way uh i think that i think a lot of people are that look after you, uh, what advice would you, would you give them? Um, I mean, yeah, if, if you're wanting to get into some of the artsy aerobatic stuff and you want to, um, you know, try to get really proficient and maybe do some competing or 3d and stuff. Um, I would definitely recommend, um, learning a little bit about iMac. Um, you know, even if you don't get huge into iMac itself, um, which you might, but even if you don't, it's, it's cool to learn, you know, how to read some of the maneuvers and, uh, how they're judged and, uh, how to position everything and how to execute everything. I think that's a big thing that transitions over to the 3d stuff as well. Um, so I would definitely recommend, um, you know, maybe getting online to the IMAX site. I think there's a few, uh, rule books and judging guides there to take a look at. Um, but I mean, if you don't want to take it that seriously, I think, uh, the biggest thing is just, you know, focus on, um, what you do want to do and, uh, just have fun with that. Um, I mean, whether it be just going out to the field with a aerobatic airplane or another type of airplane, um, I think, a uh, big piece of advice is, you know, try to meet as many people as you can that have had experience in the hobby so you can learn some stuff from from those people and the, the more people you meet and the more things you learn the um you know you kind of develop your own style with all those things combined you know so i think you know meeting new people and uh trying to go to some local events and stuff is you really kind of uh it's an easy way to 
get experience and knowledge and um <clears throat> but yeah if, like i said if you're wanting to get big into 3d or aerobatics i'd start out with with some uh some imac stuff um and you don't it's cool about that you don't need a you know a big you know ten thousand dollar forty percent airplane to fly the basic sequence or um even sportsman so um yeah, you can you can get into it and learn the basics for you know pretty pretty low price and even if you don't compete it's cool to get on their website or watch videos and that sort of thing yeah i think i think what a lot of people tend to do is they'll get into an airplane and they'll see you fly or see someone fly and they'll try the maneuvers and then they'll lose sight of the fact that you got to really start with the the core values of 3d the orientation stuff you know speed management just general flight stuff uh trying to keep a line you know not just slam the sticks in the corner that's what exactly. makes, that's what makes the big difference when the flight performance is happening. You're not just doing a hover, you're doing it in a specific way in a specific spot of the field or you're doing a loop and it's perfect and you know, you know there there's all those little factors that I, you're right the having that core value of uh the aerobatic type uh, maneuvers in place is really going to propel you forward as a pilot. Uh, yeah, that's for sure. You know, a lot of guys they they'll want to learn how to do like a rifle roll or uh, for example, or a tumble or something. And, um, I think <clears throat> you're a better pilot overall. If you start with some of the basic maneuvers that, that IMAC teaches and, uh, try to position and center that sort of thing. And, um, it kind of transitions over, I mean, rifle roll basically, for example, starts out with, you know, learning how to do a slow roll or point roll first, um, because you get that rudder orientation and um transitioning from upright to knife edge and knife edge to inverted and that sort of thing with slow rolls so um that's kind of where that starts so it's in order to fly some of the um more freestyle style of flying uh you kind of have to learn um to fly fly some imac maneuvers a little bit yeah definitely well, that's that is great advice, I think. And uh, anyone who's listening, definitely take that and get out there and, and try to hopefully find an event this summer that you can at least start in sportsman. Uh, sure. Get out there. I'm sure there'll be plenty of them towards the end of the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Jace, you know, we really appreciate you being here with us today. You are a guest I was so excited to talk to because what you do is really thrilling and it is amazing to watch. I mean, in person. It is, it is a real show and it's been a lot of fun hearing how you got into this and what motivates you. Uh, Steve and I do want to give you a second though, to just talk about anything you want to talk about, anything that's important to you, give a little promotion to anything you're working on. Uh, basically just an open mic to speak to anybody who's out there listening to this podcast, anything you want to share with them? Uh, well, first off, uh, just thanks. Uh, thanks to God for you know, continuing to offer all these opportunities and um, continuing to put great people in my path and uh, continue to build all these connections. And um, also thanks to thanks to my parents for all their support. Um, and of course, all my sponsors, you know, they're always um, stepping up and whether it be an event or competition, you know, we'll always, always make sure we have the uh, equipment and backup equipment we need to to take with us to these events and stuff. So uh, thanks to all those guys, and uh, also thanks to thanks to all the, all you guys listening and uh, that have been supportive throughout the years, and uh, you know watching all the videos and traveling around to show up to all the events. And uh, uh, thanks to all my friends that have been really supportive, you know, around the world and. Um, I mean, there's just so many people to, to thank that have, you know, gone into everything. I mean, there's, um, it's just a huge effort, you know, from friends to sponsors to, um, you know, my parents and everybody. So just thanks to everyone for, for all the opportunities and support. All right. Well, Jace, um, I guess I would say on behalf of everybody at Horizon and certainly for Steve and myself, we want to thank you. Thanks for coming on the show today. More importantly, 
we are excited for everything you do to continue to represent not just Horizon as a team pilot, but also representing the RC industry um, all around the world and all you're doing to grow and share uh, this really cool RC community that uh, means a lot, certainly to the, the three of us here on the on the podcast today, but means a lot to, to many people out there. So uh, again, just thank you for sharing your time with us and thanks for sharing your story. Hopefully we'll get to see you out at the field uh, sometime here real soon and uh, can, can uh, see each other in person. I can't wait to see you fly again. For sure. Yeah. Thanks uh, so much for having me on. It's, it's been, it's been a real treat to talk to you guys and uh, yeah, I hope to see you both at any event and uh, some other, other guys from Horizon too. It's always fun to, to hang out with you guys for sure. Yeah, I know. I know most of the team is chomping at the bit to get out there and get to an event. So yeah, as soon as everyone's able, we'll be out there. So, well, yeah. thanks again, Jace. Uh, we will let you get back to your life and have a great weekend. Um, uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. I appreciate it. It's an honor. All right. Take care, Jace. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the On the Horizon RC podcast. This episode is over but we will be back in two weeks with another exciting guest. A couple of quick things at the end here. Please make sure to check out Jace's company, JTA Innovations. I've put that link in our description. Please also make sure to check out his Knife Edge swap page. I've put the link to his airplane that he flies in real flight. Uh, it's set up just like how he set it up, so you can use his exact airplane. It's pretty cool. I've done it. It's very cool. Uh, also, guys, last but certainly not least, please make sure to support our I Support Hobby Shops campaign. You can find that link in the description or just by going to the Horizon Hobby homepage and checking out the link there where you see the sticker that says I Support My Hobby Shop. Uh, that, if you buy a shirt or buy a sticker set or just donate any, any amount you can, uh, all of the money, all the net proceeds from that campaign are going to be going to our partner hobby shop. So even if you don't have a store nearby, you should make sure to buy a t-shirt. You know, you never know when you're going to need that hobby shop when you're on vacation or you're at the track or you're at the field or you're at an event and you just need that one little part. The hobby shops are there for us. They always have been. So we want to make sure we support them in this time. So guys, thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you on the next one. As always, please send your feedback to us and we'd be happy to read it. Have a good one, guys. Stay safe.